The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The scripture answers a lot of questions for us about the beginning, uh, the beginning of the world and the beginning of man. Uh, here in John chapter 1, it begins to uh, clarify to us the deity of Jesus Christ and telling us that Jesus Christ is one with God. Jesus Christ is eternal, the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. It says in verse 3, all things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing, it was not anything made that was made, and Him was life. And the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Here in Genesis uh, chapter 1 and in John chapter 1, the Bible begins to tell us where life comes from. Uh, and, it, and the Bible tells us that it comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from God. And in verse 14 of John chapter 1, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We see that Jesus Christ, uh, He was eternal, but He came and He became flesh. He became... Uh, he became man for us, came down to earth. And the Bible says that uh, when He came, that the, the darkness, the darkness comprehended it not, that Jesus Christ was the light, the light of the world. And we see from the beginning this uh, battle that goes on from between light and darkness. We see this uh, battle that begins uh, between life and death. Last week, our message was uh, kind of bad news. Last week, our message was about death by sin. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, that, that death came because of, of mankind's <clears throat> disobedience. But this week, we get to have the good news. We get to have the good news, which is life because of Jesus Christ. We know that life is precious in the sight of God. Uh, life is a miracle. Have you ever uh, experienced and thought of the, 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 the new birth of a brand new baby? That's just a, a miracle, that life that God gives us. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible tells us that we were made in the image of God. That God created us in His image and, and that because we are in His image, we have that, that body and the soul and the spirit. The Bible tells us about creation in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. The Bible tells us that the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into His nostrils the breath of life. Can you picture that? The breath of life. Can you picture that? You know, there's a lot of folks that can... Uh, do uh, sculpting and, and create uh, something that looks like a human. But God, He not only was able to form that man of the dust of the ground, uh, as you can imagine, like clay and, and building that first Adam. But then He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible says an interesting thing at the end of that verse. And He became a living soul. That soul 
being eternal that God gave, that He gave to us through the breath of life. Uh, We establish that God is the giver of life from the beginning. But then we also found out last week that because of sin, death came. And since that time, since sin entered into the world, death has kind of ruled. Death has kind of reigned over. And, and we established last week that forgiveness of sin comes through a blood sacrifice. That Jesus Christ, uh, on the cross of Calvary, shed His blood as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world so that He can make atonement for you and I. So that our sins can be forgiven. So that we can be justified with God through Christ's blood. Jesus Christ experienced death for us. And death, again, is a a result of sin. We know Christ, He didn't sin, but He experienced this result of sin for us. Why? So that we can have life. So that we can have life. The title of this morning's message is simply life. And it comes through Jesus Christ. The, The gospel message, the gospel story. You know, the gospel is good news. I'm I'm thankful today that I have good news. And the good news is that God, He came down and made Himself man. And He died for the sins of the world. He experienced that death. But that's only part of the gospel message. If it stopped there, it it, it wouldn't be that great of a story. What makes the gospel uh, so powerful? And what really gives our faith power and our faith strength is that Jesus Christ overcame death through the resurrection, proving that He was God, proving that He had power over death, and giving each and every person who will eternal life. I believe that this morning. I truly do. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's good news. That's good news for all of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a great fundamental uh, chapter for us as believers, for us as followers of Christ. That whole chapter talks about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it talks about the resurrection of Jesus, and then it talks about our hope of the resurrection because of Christ's resurrection. In other words, if Jesus Christ is in us and we're in Christ, then we for sure have hope of the resurrection. Paul, the apostle, he begins 1 Corinthians chapter 15 by saying uh, these words to the church at Corinth. I declare unto you the gospel. I got to say this morning that that was the greatest declaration that had ever been made. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Jesus uh, hung on the cross before He yielded up His, His soul, His spirit, before He gave up the ghost, the Bible says that He said, it is finished. It is finished. What was finished? The sin debt, the sin payment for the world had been made through His blood. Sacrifice. Paul makes an argument in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 
And he says this, If Christ be not risen, your faith is in vain. You know, we meet together this morning on resurrection morning because we believe that Jesus Christ is risen. And Paul says, if Christ isn't risen, then this exercise, this coming together in the name of Christ at church is vain. It doesn't really mean anything. It has no, no purpose. He says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, he says, we are of all men most miserable. In other words, if Christ has not risen from the dead, if, if, if He did not uh, defeat death at the empty tomb, then we're of all men most miserable. But I like how Paul uh, finishes, finishes that chapter. He says that Christ is victorious over death and that there was many witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. He says this about those that put their faith and trust in Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 at the very end, verse 52 through 57. He says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. That means we can't see corruption. We shall be changed. For the corruptible must put on incorruption. You know the corruptible is that that's uh, susceptible to death. But with the resurrection, the Bible promises us a new body, a glorified body that is no longer susceptible to death. He says incorruptible, immortal, that we're going to be changed to have immortal bodies. He says that is the saying, death is swallowed up. In victory. You know, death has some power, right? I mean, it has power. <laughs> we all can agree with that. But it has been swallowed up in victory through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then Paul says some amazing, amazing statements at the end of 1 Corinthians 15. He says, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what we're here to say on this uh, Resurrection Sunday? Thanks be to God that giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ. That, that, that death is not the end. Death is not the end. You know, that's our biggest fear. We talked about that last week. But when you have Christ and you have the hope of the resurrection in you, no longer does that have to be a fear. He said it was defeated by Jesus Christ. That's good news for all of us. We don't have to worry about those things. You know, all of us, everyone here, has experienced or has had the first birth. If you're alive, you've experienced that first birth, which God gives. But we know from last week that that first birth is susceptible and is appointed to death. So God offers a second birth. He says to this religious man in John chapter 3, a very religious man, a ruler of the religious crowd, he says to him, his name was Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. There has to be a second birth, just like the first birth, but this birth now is of an immortal, uh, 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 eternal seed through 
Jesus Christ. So many folks want to know the answer to, okay, if I must be born again, if the gospel message is uh, Jesus Christ, He wants to have new life come inside of me, how does that happen? How do I receive, how do I receive Jesus Christ and the gospel and the good news? One of Jesus' disciples named Thomas asked that same question. And you know what I like about Christ and I like about the gospel is it's simple. The gospel message is simple. It's for children. It's for everyone and anyone. He's made it simple for all of us. And Jesus Christ simply said to Thomas, who asked that question, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, On the authority of Jesus Christ's words, the answer to the question How do we have eternal life? How can we know that we've been born again? Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. And He is the life. And beside Him, I must say, there is no other. Christ's way is is free. It's fair. It's the way of forgiveness. And I like this, that that new birth that comes through Jesus Christ, it is forever. That's good news for all of us. That's good news. John uh, chapter uh, 5 and verse 12, this is 1 John. John simply says this, He that hath the Son, talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. You know, the gospel message isn't hard. The gospel message is, have we heard the gospel the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? And do we receive His forgiveness? Do we receive His payment for our sin? And and He will. He'll send His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in our hearts. Just as when Christ uh, created the first Adam, the Bible said that He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life. The same thing happens at the second birth. He breathes into our our new man, the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. You say, "Uh, Sean, how do you know? How do you know that you have eternal life? How do you know that you have Christ? He lives inside of me. I have His breath. The Holy Spirit is in there and bears witness that God is real and He's alive. This hope that comes through the resurrection, this hope that comes through the second birth gives us victory over death and hope in the resurrection. Paul writes to this church in Thessalonica telling them about the resurrection in the last days, how how those that uh, uh, are dead in Christ are going to be risen to be with God eternally. He tells them that we don't have to sorrow as others that have no hope. If you have Christ inside, you have hope. He is the hope. He says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. You know, death is not the end for one that has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Death has power, yes, but it has no power over the resurrection and the life. There's an interesting story where Jesus, He goes to see His, his, uh, his friend Lazarus who had died. And when he gets there, 
uh, Lazarus is already in the tomb, and Lazarus' sister comes out to meet Jesus, and she said, it's too late. If you had only been here earlier, you could have done something. And Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You know, I believe those words of Jesus Christ. I believe it. I believe that if we trust in Him and believe in Him and we have His Spirit in us, that we have hope in the resurrection. That death really has no power over us. It's just that doorway that passes us really from this life into heaven. From death into life. Jesus, He has that creating power to bring new life. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He has power to make a new man, a new woman in us, that creation, that creating power. That is great power. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ by faith, not just because His Spirit's in me, but because of all the documented evidence. All the folks that have written about seeing the resurrected Christ. Paul himself said that when he wrote the letter to the, to the uh, church at Corinth, that over 500 people that were alive when he wrote that letter had seen the risen Christ at one time. There was plenty and plenty of eyewitnesses of the resurrected Christ. It's funny though, even then, that there was folks that didn't want to believe in the resurrection, even though they had experienced it. The Sadducees, they were, they were a sect of the Jews at the time, and they didn't believe in any type of miracles. And they didn't believe in any type of resurrection. There was no life after death. And the high priest, uh, after Christ had, had died, the, 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 the Sadducees, they sent these guards to guard the tomb of Christ to make sure that he didn't get out. The guards went and told uh, the high priest and, and the Sadducees, they said that, that he rose, that he rose from the dead. They saw it. They pretended to be dead as the angels came and rolled the stone away. And the high priest, instead of just saying, okay, I get it now, he's God. They offered these guards money to lie about the resurrected Christ. My, my challenge for all of us here today is, don't come with a preconceived idea already like the Sadducees did, that there is no chance of a resurrection, there's no chance of miracles. But examine the evidence for yourself. Ask God for yourself. Are you real? Are you alive? Are you offering salvation and eternal life to me? Search it out. Search it out for yourself. You know, Thomas, again, I already mentioned him once, after Christ rose from the dead, he thought, there is no way. There is no way that Christ has rose from the dead. The other disciples said, no, He did. He really did. He's, he's risen. And Thomas said, I wouldn't believe it unless I saw it from my own eyes. Unless I touched those holes in His hands, Thomas said, I wouldn't believe it. And when Thomas saw Christ, 
You know what Christ did for Thomas? He allowed him to touch the holes. He allowed him to see himself resurrected. I believe that Christ loves us so much and that he's reaching out and searching for us so much that even in our unbelief, even in our doubt, the merciful, loving Savior, he's not going to be angry with us. If we'll just say, Lord, are you real? Are you real? If you are, prove yourself to me. I want to see it. I want to know it. I challenge each of us to do that. Because I believe that Christ will make himself known to us. I believe the promise that Jesus Christ said, Seek and you shall find. You don't have to take my word for it. You can take the scripture's word for it. And you can believe it yourself by experiencing his life. On your own. He'll do that for you. One Jewish carpenter 2,000 years ago changed the course of human history and nobody can argue that. It was forever changed because of Jesus Christ. I have to say that Satan brought sin into the world and sin brought death. But Satan and death were defeated at the empty tomb. Can we all say amen to that? Yeah. Amen. That Jesus Christ defeated that. There's an old gospel song. I, I've sang it here, or read these words here before, but the lyrics to this song, to me, have such power. The song's called The Conversation. And it's a conversation that uh, went on between Satan and death, those three days that Christ was in the tomb. Listen to these words. Satan says to death, Tell me, death, tell me, O death, hear my plea. Do you still have Jesus or did you set Him free? This is now the first day they've laid Him in the ground. Tell me, O death, tell me, can you hold Him down? Death says to Satan, Satan, O Satan, Satan, hear me well. I promise... Oh, I promise that I shall not fail. Tell me, death, tell me. This is the second day. Do you still have Jesus or did he get away? Satan, oh Satan, hear me now once more. The greatest kings and rich men have walked through my dark door. And this Jesus, he's no different. He's just a mortal man. And I make this vow to you that he won't escape my hand. Tell me, death, tell me. Tell me, don't be slow. Do you still have Jesus or did you let him go? It's now been three days. The victory has been won. It's time for celebration. We've overcome God's Son. Satan, oh Satan, hear me what I say. This morning, oh, this morning, the stone was rolled away. I just could not stop him. I could not hold him down. With power, oh, great power, he rose up from the ground. I'm glad to say this morning that we serve a God, that we serve a Savior who experienced death for us, but he didn't just experience death, he defeated it for us. He killed death. Gives us the victory. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to serve that Savior. Christ won. Life 
one, eternal life. The Pilate and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and Herod, they all thought for some reason that they could get rid of Christ. That somehow they could, by death, take care of Christ. But they had no idea that you cannot kill life. You could not create, kill the resurrection and the life. You could not kill the Creator of the world. And that was proven on Resurrection Sunday. I believe that Jesus Christ is resurrected. I believe that He is alive. I believe that with all my heart. I feel Him inside. His Spirit is alive. And He is here today with us as we celebrate His name and as we glorify Him. He is alive. Glory to God. He is alive. Right now, Jesus Christ is seated in, the, in, the, in heaven upon a throne at the right hand of God. Can you see Him there? When you pray, do you picture Him there? He's alive. The Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. He is alive. In John chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, that was the true light, talking about Jesus Christ, that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. What great power Christ gives to those that will trust Him, that will believe on His name. You say, what kind of power is that? It is life-giving power. Eternal life. Eternal life in Christ. Now, because of Christ, we can truly live. You know, we have a lot to look forward to. If you've experienced the resurrection and the life, you have a lot to look forward to. Have you ever looked forward to a vacation? You ever looked forward to some, something on the calendar that's coming up, a, a date that's coming up, and you kind of look forward to it? As a believer in Christ, the most exciting thing that I have to look forward to, as, a, as, as one that has experienced the resurrection and the life, the most exciting thing I have to look forward to is heaven someday. One day I'll be able to look Christ in His face, the one that gave me life, the one that paid my sin debt. Oh, how humbled we'll be as we, as we enter into heaven, all of us being able to be there, not by our own good works, not by our own merit, but by the grace and love of Jesus Christ. I believe that. Not just in eternity do we have hope of eternal life, but here and now. Here and now, Christ offers us His Spirit. The Bible says the result of His Spirit is these fruits, things like joy. You know, the world is looking for joy. The Bible says that His Spirit offers peace. Have you ever experienced His peace? <laughs> How about that? The Bible says that He gives us a peace that this world can't understand. The Bible says that He gives us a peace that passes understanding. Have you ever been in the middle of something that was hard or, or something that you didn't want to go through, but you still felt the presence of God and His presence brought just this thing where you felt like it's going to be okay. It doesn't look good. It doesn't seem good. But I have peace. You know, this world, I believe, looks for love. The Bible says that love comes as a result of the fruit of the Spirit. 
Salvation, the free gift of eternal life, is just pure love from God given to us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. Can I tell you something, and I, I mean this with all my heart, there is no one, there is no one that loves you more than God does. He loves you so much. You are loved. You are loved so much that He was willing to give up His life for your salvation. That's love. When you experience faith, you know this life, this life that we're here on earth, you know a lot of the things are all things that we can touch and see and smell and taste and all those things in our senses. But you know there's more to life than that. When you have faith, when you have faith in God, doesn't the world just sort of open up? It, if you try to go through this life without faith, I, I have to say, and I'm not being critical and I'm not being hard, but there's a lot more to life. Once you, once you experience a, 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 a life through the lens of faith, God opens up this world to us. Jesus Christ said when He was here on earth and in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he says, the thief, Satan, the thief, he has come uh, not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. We see him at work all over the world today. But Jesus Christ said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. But let me say to you today that Jesus Christ offers you not only eternal life, which is good news. That is good news. But He offers you the abundant life. He offers you a life in fellowship with Him. When Adam and Eve were created in the garden, they were created for fellowship with God. you remember that? And they walked with God in the cool of the day. That was purpose. To have that relationship with God, he, look, we're going to be the most satisfied when we, when we do what God has made us to do. And when we begin to have that relationship and fellowship with Christ that we were created for, let me say, that is the abundant life. That is real, where real joy begins to flood in. And real peace. He has come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Let me ask you this morning, do you have the abundant life? Do you, have you experienced the joy and the love of Christ? Have you experienced His peace? All that comes through the power of the resurrection. In closing, I want to say why. Ask a question, why? Why do Christians all over the world for the past 2,000 years preach and sing and talk about and rejoice in the gospel, the resurrection, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's because it's our hope. It's, it's because it's our hope. It's because it's the hope of the world. Jesus Christ as the light of the world, as the life of the world. His eternal uh, blood shed for us is there for us to have eternal life. That free gift, Christ paid for it for us. That's the gospel message. He simply says, 
Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The gospel message is a simple one. It's eternal life. It's the abundant life. It's a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. He's alive. He's alive today. He's eternal. Jesus Christ is alive. He is the one that was and is and is to come. And if you're in Christ, you have that hope of the resurrection. You have that hope of eternal life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand as we pray. If you don't know Christ as your Savior this morning, just ask Him. Ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to come into your heart to save you, to forgive your sins, to be your Lord and God.